This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. And welcome to the Mark Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman. I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. We have a legend on the podcast. I pod. know. Uh, you know. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. <laughs> I think this is probably going to be go down as one of the podcasts that I think. We actually had Gary Chapman, Dr. Gary Chapman. I know. And if you do not know that name. You know the you five know love languages. You know the five <laughs> love languages. So welcome to the Mark Podcast, Dr. Chapman. Well, thank you. It's great to be with you. Yeah, tell us a little bit. I mean, we always like to give our guests a chance to just do their own kind of bio. So give us a little information about you, your family, and your ministry. Well, I'm married to Carolyn, which is spelled with a K. Okay. She has to be unique. Yes. Uh, we have been married 62 years. She says she has no idea how that's possible because she's only 49. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We have two children, uh, grown children, and uh, our daughter and her husband have our two grandchildren, who have recently both of them finished college. So, wow. and then our grand, uh, and then our son and his wife uh, live in Austin, Texas, and they have a ministry out there. So, uh, uh, that's our immediate family, and uh, we have I have served on the same church staff for 50 years. Wow. And uh, two years ago, I, uh, I went to the pastor and said, I think after 50 years, I should get off the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, Gary, you're not going to leave us. I said, well, no, I'll stay around, you know. But he said, well, let, what if we let you keep your office and keep your assistant and you can do what you want to do? I said, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> wow. So I'm still in the office where I am now. If I'm in town, I'm here every day. But I am now free to speak more in other places, so I'm, I'm also gone a lot. Yeah. Do you, I was going to ask you, do you still travel quite a bit and do a lot of speaking? I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, almost every week I'm somewhere wow. speaking, sometimes more than once. Uh, but anyway, I love what I do, and as long as I have energy, I'm going to keep on doing it. That's amazing. That's amazing, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, most people, like we said, are familiar with the concept of love languages. That phrase is everywhere. We see it all over the place. Um, but they may not realize that it comes from your book, The Five Love Languages. So the Bible study for the book is being re- revamped um, soon. And so give us a little bit of the origin story of the five love languages, the book, and then we'll get into a little bit more about the Bible study later. Well, it really grew out of my counseling. Uh, I'll never forget the first time uh, I realized that what makes one person feel loved doesn't make another person Mm -hmm. feel loved. Right. A couple came into my office and uh, I never met them. And they sat down and the wife said, well, let me just tell you a little bit about us, Dr. Chapman. She said, first of all, we don't argue. We don't believe in arguing. We don't have any money problems. And she went on with two or three more positive things. And I was beginning to wonder, did they come in to tell me what a good marriage they had? (laughs) (laughs) Then she started crying. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. said, but the problem is, I just don't feel any love coming from him. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting there with her. And she said, said, we just just never talk. She said, we we haven't talked in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And she said, uh, uh, I just... 
I'm so empty inside. And, and you know, he does his thing, I do my thing. We're cordial, but we're just like roommates living in the same house. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just don't know how long I can go on like this. Well, I looked over at him, and he said, I don't understand her. I do everything I can to show her that I love her. And she sits there and tells you what she's been telling me. She doesn't feel loved. He said, I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what do you do to show your love to her? He said, well, I get home from work before she does. So I start the evening meal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I actually have it ready when she gets home. If not, she'll help me. And then we eat. And after we eat, he said, I wash the dishes. And every Thursday night, I vacuum the floors. Every Saturday, I wash the car, I mow the grass, I help her with the laundry. And he went on, and I was beginning to wonder, what does this woman do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) It it sounded to me like he was doing everything. Mm. And he said, I do all of that. And she sits there and says she doesn't feel loved. He said, I don't know what else to do. Mm. I look back at her, and she started crying. And she said, Dr. Chapman, he's right. He's right. But like I said, we don't ever talk. She said, we haven't talked in years. He's always mowing the grass, washing the dishes, vacuuming the floors. And I realized here is a sincere husband who in his mind is loving his wife in the best way he knows how. But he's not not connecting with her emotionally. And after that, I heard similar stories over and over in my office. And I knew there had to be a pattern to what I was hearing. And I had no idea what it was. Until eventually, I I took time to sit down and read several years of notes that I made when I was counseling and asked myself the question, when someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what did they want? Mm -hmm. What were they complaining about? And their answers fell into five categories. Mm -hmm. And I later called them the five love languages. And I started using that in my counseling. That if you want her to feel love, you've got to speak love in her language. If you want him to feel love, you've got to speak his love language. And I would help them discover each other's love language, challenge them to go home and try it, and sometimes they would come back in three weeks and say, Gary, this is changing everything. I mean, the whole climate is different now. And then uh, I started sharing it with small groups of couples, and the same thing would happen. Probably five years later, I thought, you know, if I could put this concept in a book, and write it in the language of the common person, leave out psychological terms that people wouldn't understand, maybe I could help a lot of couples that I would never have time to see in my office. Of course, little did I know that it's now sold over 20 million copies. (laughs) It's been published in over 60 languages around the world. And as you said, it shows up in all sorts of TV programs (laughs) around the country. So. Uh, it's, uh, people have asked me, Gary, how do you explain that? And I said, well, to me, the short answer is God, and the long answer is God. But I think what's happened on the human level is people, you know, they read the book, they, the lights come on, and they realize how they've missed each other in their efforts to love. And then they take the test, and they learn each other's language, and they start trying it. And the love tank begins to fill up. They begin to feel loved again. And then they want their brother and his wife to read it, their sister and her husband. So it's kind of gone right. word of mm-hmm. mouth all over the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really has become part of the vernacular. Yes. Of just when you talk about relationships in mm-hmm. general. And 
what, what you described with that first couple is probably very similar to my husband and I because acts of service is his love language and quality time is mine. And I can see that even how we parented our children. Um, that I, I still distinctly remember the night before my daughter went to college um, he was out changing the oil in her car, and I was inside with her on the couch spending time with her. And that's <laughs> yeah. that was both of us showing our love language even to our daughter in the midst of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I I, I kind of spoke about the two love yes. la- two of them. Yes. So it'd be good to just for you to just outline what the love languages are. So yeah, if, in case anyone yeah. who has never heard this before, we definitely want to touch base on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are in no particular order of importance, okay? But the one is words of affirmation. You look nice in that outfit. I really appreciate what you did. You know one of the things I like about you. It's just verbally uh, expressing to them appreciation for things that you admire about them. And then there's uh, acts of service, doing something for the other person that you know they would like for you to do. That's the language the gentleman was speaking, as you said. He was doing all these things for his wife. In his mind, that's the way you show love. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts as an expression of love. Uh, we've, uh, my background before I studied counseling was anthropology, cultural anthropology. I did an undergrad and a master's. And how cultures are organized and how they function. We've never found a culture anywhere in the world where gift giving is not an expression of love. The gift says they were thinking about me. Look what they got from me. And the gift doesn't have to be expensive. We've always said it's the thought that counts. Now, it's not the thought left in your head. It's the gift that came out of the thought in your head. But the gift says Mm -hmm. they were thinking about me. They they went out and and found this for me. And so gifts is a love language. And then uh, number four is quality time, uh, which is what you alluded to, uh, Kelly. Uh, And that is... Giving the other person your undivided attention. It can be sitting there talking, carrying on a conversation with them. It can be walking down the road and talking to each other. It can be going out to eat, assuming that you talk. We've all seen couples sitting there across the table at a restaurant, and they've each got their phone out, and they're answering their text messages. That's not quality time. Mm -hmm. That's proximity. It's not quality time. Mm -hmm. Quality time, they have your undivided attention. And then number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies. We hold them, kiss them, and cuddle them. And long before the baby understands the meaning of the word love, the baby feels love. So physical touch. So in a marriage, that's such things as holding hands and kissing and embracing and the whole sexual part of marriage and arm around the shoulder and driving down the road to put your hand on their leg. It's just affirming touches, you know, wherever, whenever. Uh, For some people, that's their language. So the basic concept is that out of the five, each of us has what I call a primary love language. One of them speaks more deeply to us emotionally than the other four. And if we don't speak the person's primary love language, they will not feel loved even though we're expressing some of the other languages. So that's why the gentleman was frustrated. He was doing what he thought would make her feel loved. And it wasn't registering with her because that was not her love language. So uh, it's a simple concept, but when couples get it, it makes a huge difference in the marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, too, about um, in my own life, the different people that 
have different love language. I I think everyone, every member of my immediate family has a different one. (laughs) And we also um, will, I think, and I don't know, I would love to hear your opinion on this, Dr. Chapman, is I feel like I have a different one for what I give versus what I receive. Is that possible? Yeah, I think for about 75% of the people, the love language they speak most naturally is also the language they want to receive. But for about 25% Mm -hmm. of the people, they speak one language primarily and, and most naturally, but that's not what they want to receive. And so when I talk okay. about love language, it's a matter of, of what do you, what makes you feel loved and then what makes the other person feel loved. Uh, so, yeah, that's not, that's gotcha. not abnormal. Okay. And I think I'm maybe the reason for that, that because, yeah. yeah, maybe the reason for that, and you can tell me if, if this would make sense for you, is that tip, many times when the language they speak is the language they were taught to speak as a child growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the parents told them, you do this, do this, you know, whatever it is. And so they learn how to do that, and it comes, it's natural for them. Uh, but it's not what they, what they want. It's, they're just doing what they've always been taught to do to show love. So I don't know. Yeah, I could see that being hmm. the case. Yeah, yeah. I, because I have a friend who is amazing at gift-giving. Mm-hmm. Like, she, is, she just always knows... What and she's just really intentional about it, but I, I've told her I said I think that must be your love language, and she said, "Well, I like to do that for others, but I don't really receive it." As and that's well. mine too, really? I think. Um, and so, yeah. I wonder if that's that one sticks out as one that people often have but don't necessarily want in return. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I think, think many parents. Yeah. yeah, many parents do teach their children. You know, we give gifts because we love people, you know, and they do teach them to do mm-hmm. that. And so they, if you do that for a while, it's, it's natural for you, you know, and see, it is what you do. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's not abnormal that what you want is not what you are, are most naturally giving. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we want to know, what is your love language, Dr. Chapman, and how do you like it My, to be expressed by others? Mine is words of affirmation. My wife okay. is acts of service. But when I first got <laughs> married, what did I do? I gave her words of affirmation. I didn't know anything about love languages in those days, but I did what was natural for me. Right. And that is, I, I, looking back on it, I knew that if people gave me affirming words, I, I felt appreciated. So just by nature, I gave her affirming words. And uh, I don't know, somewhere in our marriage after a while, she said, you know, and I would tell her every day I loved her, you know, two or three times a day. I'm mm-hmm. so glad I married you. You know, I love you, love you, love you. And one night she said, you keep saying I love you. If you love me, why don't you help me? I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. She said, well, you don't ever offer to wash dishes or vacuum floors or clean the toilet. I mean, you don't offer to help me any, anyway. I didn't say this while I was thinking. What are you talking about? My mother did those things. <laughs> <laughs> we bring our history with us. If mama did it, I like to say to guys, you're not married to your mama. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. So she, looking back, she was telling me her love language was acts of service right. way back then, you know. So, yeah, but that, yeah, yeah. mine is uh, words it's, of affirmation. Yeah. It's right. it's funny when I kind of figured out that Vic's love language was acts of service. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I mean, maybe we were working through the study at that time. I don't remember. Uh, but I decided to clean out the garage. It had just gotten to a point where it was pretty messy, and and it really like it took me a few hours. Right. But 
I just remember thinking, I'm just going to do this. And I don't remember thinking specifically, I'm doing this because I know this is his love language. But he came home from work and he was just, he was just like, this is the best thing you've ever done for uh-huh. me. And I was like, I just cleaned up the garage. He's like, no. And I, okay, I don't know if we have to, if we have to edit this out, Aaron, I get it. But he was just like, this is better than sex. And I was just like, okay, well, okay. You know, maybe we'll clean the garage a little more. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a great example. You know, when you, when yeah. you speak their language, I mean, it, it resonates with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, well, okay, let, we're going to shift um, from the book. Um, I don't know that people know about the Bible study, right. and Elizabeth mentioned that we're kind of revamping it, and it's going to come out again. Um, so tell us a little bit about what people can expect that's different about the, the study. I think uh, when you're working through the book and the workbook and all in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible study, uh you have to be more involved because you're actually writing things down and responding to questions that are in the study for that particular week. So it helps you think more clearly and, and, and analyze more clearly, you know, your life, the other person's life, and that sort of thing. There's just something about a study guide, and of course there's a video clips also that go with that, that, uh, that just kind of keeps you engaged and helps you, you know, figure out, oh, yeah, I see this now, I see that now. So I, th- I think it's it's just a plus uh, in addition to reading the book. I think, too, about the group aspect of the Bible study, mm-hmm. how helpful it could be to hear, like, oh, here's something that I did that was in this love language, and here's what I appreciate. So you kind of get a bunch of people expressing. So it just, like, helps you to know, oh, that's what that love language looks like. Um, and. And that's how they see that. I think that could only be helpful yeah. when you're thinking through, like, what your, what your love language is, what your spouse is, what your kids, like, mm-hmm. all those to to kind of almost get ideas, almost like a brainstorming session yeah. with yeah. other people um, in the room. So I think that group aspect would also be really helpful for people. Yeah, I, I've always felt that, just personally, I learn more if I'm in a study group, whatever the topic than I do if I'm just reading something myself on the same topic. There's mm-hmm. real value of being right. with other people. And part of it is what you were saying, that each of you are giving illustrations of how this works in your life, and you say, oh, yeah, I can see that now. You know, it just, yeah, it just it enhances it when you're doing this with a group. And that's why I encourage churches to use this as a small group tool uh, because, first of all, it's meeting a deep need in their lives and the need for, for love, emotional need for love, but also... It's just they'll find that the groups will multiply. I mean, people will want they want yeah. their friends to take it once they've gone through the course. So, yeah, it's a great tool uh, to enrich marriages. Yes, we're really excited about that and the fact that the the Bible study videos will be included in the book now. That's right. And so we're excited for that and for the refresh. Um, but it's the same great content, so it's just more of like the look of it is, and the videos will be in the books. So yeah. that'll be great. And and I think you, we've kind of touched on this, but this, even though it's really great for marriages mm-hmm. and, and couples, it's really good for any relationships. Yes. Because once even coworkers, when you kind of know their love mm-hmm. language, you can relate better and you can show appreciation or especially words of affirmation, Dr. Chapman. I feel like that's a big one for people. Mm -hmm. And if you know that about maybe someone on your team, then you can look for ways to affirm them in that. 
Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, I wrote another book called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. And we just took the love languages mm-hmm. to work uh, because we found that 70% of the people in the, in the country say they don't feel appreciated at work. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And 64% yeah. of the people that leave a job and go to another job say they left primarily because they didn't feel appreciated. So uh, that's why I wrote that book, and uh, it particularly applies to churches because we found that 50% of the adults in this country volunteer every year to do something. And Mm. the church depends on volunteers. But the reason people volunteer and the reason they stay in that position is because they feel appreciated. They volunteer because they want to make a difference in the world. They want to serve God Mm -hmm. and help people. But they stay in that particular volunteer position because they feel appreciated. If they don't, they leave there and go volunteer somewhere else. A lot of implications for the church structure uh, in in understanding this concept. And even I'm just thinking about even within the volunteers at church, um, knowing what your love language is can Mm -hmm. help you know where to volunteer. Um, Because if you're words of affirmation, then you might need to be a greeter because you're, you know, standing Mm -hmm. up and or write notes of encouragement or something like that. If you on the prayer team, all those things. Yeah. If you are um, a service oriented person mm-hmm. like you're going to be doing the behind the scenes work and you're going to yeah. thrive in that <laughs> and yeah so, i mean yeah i looked yeah. at my husband and I, i've mentioned acts of service well he's the one who's there like he'll go take like yesterday he went and got food for a local school mm-hmm. or doing doing different things that you know he's feels helpful in right. those instances right. so yeah. yeah plugging them in yeah in those places is yeah important. I, I wrote another book called god speaks your love language <laughs> in which i look mm-hmm. at how we are drawn to Christ through our own love language. And then once we become mm-hmm. believers, what you all are saying is true. We tend to express our love to God in our love language. So if, if mm-hmm. acts of service, yeah. you know, is our love language, then we're the ones that volunteer to work in the soup kitchen or, you know, paint the, paint the walls or anything, you know. If we're words of affirmation people, then we express our love to God by affirming God, you know, giving words of praise to God. And, and so it's a very fascinating study in our relationship with God because people kept asking me, what is God's love language? So I just went through the whole Bible mm-hmm. again. I found out God speaks all of them fluently, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we right. tend to be drawn he to is God. love, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But we tend to be drawn to God mm-hmm. uh, in our love language. Like Saul on the road to Damascus, mm-hmm. my guess is his language is physical touch because that's what he got from God. Mm-hmm. He knocked, knocked oh, wow. him off the horse and blinded him, and he got he got it Saul's attention. So it's a very it's a very fascinating concept to to study that idea. Yeah. Now I want to go through all the people in the Bible and guess their love language. <laughs> that would be a fun a fun exercise. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking through just some of those, and I'm even thinking about what you know, what that looks like yeah. um, in different areas of the bible and mm-hmm. or or even just a, for me if quality time is mine then i do find that i express my love to god by spending time with him yeah. so yeah. that's interesting yeah. to think yeah, about i hadn't really mm-hmm. thought about it that way so yeah yeah well your book was first published in 1992 is that correct correct so some of our listeners may not have even been born at that time. I don't think our producer was born yet. <laughs> and so uh, how have you seen the impact of this study for 
over the 30 years that it's been in the world? Well, it's just been amazing to me uh, how many marriages have been changed. When I do marriage conferences, which I do on Saturdays around the, around the country, I, I do 12 of those a year, uh, put on by my publisher. Uh, and so I have never done a conference that there weren't several people come up to me along through the day and say, I just want to share with you, your book on the five love languages literally saved our marriage. We were at the point mm-hmm. of giving up. We just thought there was no hope. And we read it. The lights came on. We talked about it. We took the quiz. We learned our language. We started speaking it. It literally saved our marriage. So uh, to me, it's been so interesting uh, through the years to see not only those who are in desperate marriages, you know, find salvation for their marriage, but people who have fairly good marriages, it's enhanced when they learn this concept and start speaking each other's language on a regular basis. So I'm just, I'm just greatly uh, encouraged and humbled by the way God has used this book through these years. It just it amazes me. Mm-hmm. And I find that even non-Christians love to talk about and to read your book, and I think that's such a beautiful way to show them the love of God. But I've had friends who are not in church but have mm-hmm. texted me a picture of the five love languages and been like, is this a good book as we're thinking about getting married? And I'm just like, yes, start there. That's a great place to start because it's kind of a, an easy in for them um, to start thinking through these biblical things, to think through the God of love and that kind of thing and as they're thinking about how to love their spouse well. Yeah. How long has the five love languages been? I, I mean, it has been on the bestseller list for a very long time. Maybe it's dropped off occasionally, but I mean, do you keep up with that, yeah. Dr. Chapman? You know, I used to keep up with it. I haven't recently, but it stayed on the top ten just for years and years and years. It may still be on the top ten. I haven't looked at it in recent uh, recent months, but uh, yeah, it's amazed me. It started off. I think the first year it sold only eight thousand copies, and then it started mm-hmm. doubling. Mm-hmm. And, and it, what's interesting wow. is it's been out now for thirty, what thirty one, thirty two years, and. Uh, it sells more every year than it did the year before. That does not wow. happen to books, <laughs> you know. No, uh, it's 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 definitely God's hand upon it. That's that's the only explanation mm-hmm. I have. That's well, good. yeah, I yeah. know. I mean, those are the kinds of books that you feel like there is something that only the Lord could have done. You right. look back on that and you think you were just being faithful with. Mm-hmm with the information that you had gathered mm-hmm. and you yeah. just, you know, the Lord had prompted you to put that down on paper. And, and we're also grateful for that. Yes, for sure. That. Well, your yeah. book has marked many people mm-hmm. um, and many marriages, and this is the marked podcast. So we always end each episode by asking the question, how has your life, what is one way that your life has been marked by Christ? I think probably what has made the greatest impact on my life and my relationship with God is that I learned early on to have a sit down and listen time with God every day. By which I mean, I just read the next chapter, just work my way through the Bible, read the next chapter, and I say, God, I'm listening to you. Anything in this chapter I need to hear, let me hear it. And then I underline things that kind of jump out at me. 
and I go back and talk to God about them. Sometimes I'm asking a question. Sometimes I'm saying, Lord, forgive me. I, I didn't do that yesterday. Sometimes I'm saying, Lord, that's what I want. That's what I want. Sometimes I'm just thanking God for what I just read. But I think having a daily sit-down and listen time to God impacts everything else that I do all day long. And I encourage couples to not only individually have a sit-down and listen time with God, but have a sit-down and listen time every day with your spouse. Let mm-hmm. them tell you. For just Just start off with, tell me three things that happened in your life today and how you feel about them. Don't have to be profound things, but you, you're, you're opening your life to each other just to hear what's going on in your life. Because we spend a lot of time apart, more, uh, more daylight time apart than we do together. And if we don't share, have a daily time to listen to each other and just to, to get to know each other better, uh, then we can drift apart. So, but I think that, that's what's marked my life uh, and made a difference in mm-hmm. everything that I do. I love that phrase, sit down and listen time. That's what I'm going to start calling it, sit down and listen time. That's the perfect way to phrase Mm -hmm. it. You know, you mentioned that you've been married 62 years. Is that correct? That's correct. So I'm going to get personal. How old are you, Dr. Chapman? I am 85, as we are talking. I will be 86 in about uh, six weeks or eight weeks. (laughs) Or 10 weeks. So in when January. he comes out, he'll be 86. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when, when, when I, and the reason I'm asking this is because for you to say that your time of sitting down and listening to the Lord every day is still like what mm-hmm. marks you, I think that's encouragement for all of our listeners yeah. to, to say, no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've walked with Jesus, that, that marks us. No matter how many yeah. times you've read that same chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it's still marking yeah. you. Yeah, I, I, I agree because it keeps us consciously in contact with God. You, we can get mm-hmm. so busy, you know, that we're just kind of going through all the details of life and we're not even thinking about God. But if you have mm-hmm. a sit down and listen time with him every day, you're far more likely to be talking to him throughout the day about everything you're doing. And it makes all the difference in the world. You know, I learned early on in my life, John 15, verse 5, where Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You stay connected to me, you bear fruit. And then he said, without me, you can do nothing. That awareness that without him we can do nothing makes us want to stay connected to him in everything we're doing and asking for his wisdom, his guidance, you know, his power, his ability to do whatever it is that we're we're working with. And it's that it you know, when you really get down to it, the Christian life is just hanging out with God all day long. It starts for me in the morning. I know some people are not morning people, mm-hmm. but it starts for me in the morning. And when I have that sit down with God every morning, then I'm I'm far more likely to just keep talking to him throughout the day about everything that's going on, you know, and asking for wisdom and guidance and everything. Mm. So I mean Let's face it, none of us are going to make much of an impact on the world without God's help and God working in us mm-hmm. and through us. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. This will go down as as one of those podcasts for us that I think has marked us. Yes, for sure. uh, We appreciate you, Dr. Chapman, excited about your Bible study um, as far as like just coming out and kind of being revamped and Mm -hmm. encourage our listeners to find that as well. So um, blessings to you on your ministry and um, as you go about your day. But thank you for being with us. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you, Kelly and Elizabeth. It's great to be with both of you. And let me just encourage you. Keep up the good work. We all have different roles, but use the position where God has put you. God bless you. Thank Thank you so much. Listeners, um, take that to heart. And thank you for joining us today. And we hope to see you back here next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.